Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. Courtney Skippon from Below Deck is on the show today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. So Courtney, do you want to tell everyone how we kind of started talking on Instagram? Because usually when I have guests on my show, it's kind of a different procedure. I, you know, creep on the show. I hate tweet. I hate, it's actually, I don't hate tweet anymore. I hate Instagram story. Yeah, no, I don't do. been hate tweeting me and that's how we connected. I would sort of love it. No, I would actually love that situation too, because that's how usually things happen on this podcast. But how did we connect? I want you to tell everyone. I saw Hannah was on your podcast. So I had to listen because I love a podcast. Sorry, there's a siren. That's okay. Um, and I like have like an addiction to podcasts lately where there's just like always one in my ear. I don't know what it is. So I listened to that one with you and Hannah and I just like loved your banter that you had. So I followed you on Instagram and then we started chatting about, I don't know what I responded to, something about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I have to look it up, but it was so funny because, you know, everything happens on the DMs for me. You know how people like their thing is on the feed or on stories. Like for me, it's all about the DMs. Like I get DMs, DMs, DMs. And usually I obviously get, you know, Bravo fans that like share their opinions about some of my opinions. And so I get this verified person, which, you know, isn't the first time that it happens, but I thought, you know, oh, cool. Like a blogger who watches Bravo. How interesting. (laughs) It was about a story that I posted about Sutton of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I was saying that she doesn't travel much because she doesn't know how to say Buca di Beppo or whatever the fuck the name is. I I just realized I can't say it myself. Buca di Beppo, whatever the fuck that was. And so (laughs) your message, can I read it out loud? Of course. Most people with more than a few taste buds and a glance at the restaurant health inspection website would be intentionally blind to Buca di di Beppo. So I admit I appreciated her total unawareness here. (laughs) (laughs) On brand for me. (laughs) Oh, and then you told me you stumbled on my interview with Hannah and you were like, yeah, I was on Below Deck. And so you inspired me to get back into Below Deck. And I was like, why didn't I in the first place? I'm obsessed with Captain Lee. He is so much better than Sandy. And then we just ended up becoming Bravo commentator besties. Truly. Truly. I'm so glad that I got you back into regular Below Deck because Captain Lee is the one. He is the one. I'm actually obsessed with him. So, you know, before we get into the episode and all the episode questions, I always do a tip of the week. So is there like an app, a product, anything that is drastically, excuse me, improving your day-to-day life that you'd like to share with everyone? I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. I mean, many things, but... As we discussed, um, I'm going to talk about my recipe for Negroni Spagliato, which I ordered on a date and it really blew people's minds because no one knew what it was. So um, evidently it's life-changing. It's just a Negroni, but instead of gin, you supplement champagne. It's, and it's kind of like an Aperol spritz, I guess. It's a little bit stronger. So that's the, the, the order that you did, that you made on that date that everyone is meant to be going crazy about, which I didn't even think it was. This is the thing before I need to share my tip of the week first, and then we'll get into this stuff. So <laughs> I have a skincare tip as per usual. I always have a skincare tip because I'm not as young as you are, but I try to look at how old are you, by the way? I'm just turned 28. Yeah, I'm 31. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, life sucks. So I just came across this really good skincare brand that's called the Inky List. 
they don't really spend that much money on like the packaging or anything. They just want the products to work. So I've been using the PHA toner, the only toner, it's like an exfoliating toner. It's the only toner that I've used that actually works and makes everything tight. Usually you just put creams and shit and it just doesn't fucking work. And then also I've been using the retinol eye cream. If you guys have crow's feet, um, this is your solution. And it's just easy packaging to travel with because, you know, I like to travel a lot, which isn't the case during coronavirus. But you know what I mean? I'm like manifesting. I hate people who manifest, but I am manifesting because I would like to be able to travel. I'm manifesting that with you. Don't worry. But do you manifest? I can't stand people who manifest. No. Do you have a vision board? As a joke, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a vision board? Do you have like quotes on your wall? Please. Certainly not. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Because I, this is a thing about you that I want to talk about on the podcast. Um, There is this kind of like persona, this like poise, like it kind of looks like you can't be bothered. And even myself interviewing now, I'm like, is this girl vibing with me? Like, I can't really read your face. Like, I don't (laughs) know if you're vibing with me right now. I'm a resting bitch face. I know. I know you do have a resting bitch face. You you also have like a resting bitch voice. Like you have the whole resting bitch persona. I do. It's very monotone and my humor is very dry. And your eyes don't move. Like your facial expression doesn't move. I'm trying not to hear. I'm actually very expressive, but maybe not today. No, but like when you smile, it's like a cheeky smile. It's not like, you know, a smile of joy and happiness. It's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So like, I I understand how it's like kind of hard to read you, but based off of what I've seen, it's just who you are. It's kind of like me and my sassy humor. People think I'm like this savage human, but I'm actually not. Like I have emotions deep down Mm -hmm. sometimes for the right people. It just takes a while. It takes a while, but I, I, I like the persona because everything that you said on the show, I could vibe with, which I know I say to all my guests, but it's because I don't have guests on the show that I don't like. And if I do have guests on the show that I don't like, which has happened in the past, they will fucking know. Okay. So I want to discuss a couple of the dating things that you spoke about, because that's what you're kind of known for. It's for like the, your you know love interest with Brian. Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately. So my favorite quote that I've seen was, Brian is hot, but no one's really hot until you get to know them. Can you explain this concept to the listener? Because I'm the kind of person, yeah, obviously I can see when someone is aesthetically hot on Instagram, but I'm not the Mm -hmm. kind of person who's going to get to a club and be like, hot for me. Thank you. Explain that concept. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was like, everyone did this, but I guess not. I mean, there are people that are obviously I find generically attractive, but they're like celebrities. Like they're not in my realm of people, my pool of like dating. So as far as like, you know, like a five out of 10 energy, such as myself, (laughs) I like, I (laughs) like, (laughs) even if they are like attractive, maybe I'm just not, I don't know. Even like my ex-boyfriend, I think most people that I know find him very attractive. But when I met him, like my, I met through mutual friends and my best friend was like, all I'm saying is like, you're my prettiest girlfriend. He's my prettiest guy friend. I just think you should meet. And I got to the restaurant. I was like, this is your prettiest guy friend. And then it turns out he actually was. For me, everyone's a zero unless they're a Brad Pitt. And then their personality can bring them up to like a five or eight maybe not a nine because no one's a nine, but do you know what I mean? Is that what it's like for you as well? 
Yeah. And I had people that like, they could not wrap their heads around this. They were asking if I was asexual and I was like, no offense, but nobody on this boat is blowing it out of the water looks wise. So for me to not find anyone here attractive is not like exceptional. <laughs> unfamiliar faces are just unattractive to me. But then when mm-hmm. you like know the people and they become familiar, that's when I'm able to find someone attractive. And that's also my expectation for myself. Like I wouldn't want someone to be pursuing me based on my aesthetics. Like I want them to like me for my personality. So I would expect that that's like normal. <laughs> I know, but I think that if someone told me that they were pursuing me for my personality and not my aesthetics, I'd be really offended. I mean, okay, but that like gets you through the door. Like we're not going to be pursuing someone that we find appalling for the most part. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying? So like you check that box, cool, and let's move on to the next one and see how that goes. But if if some guy was like, oh, it's really the personality with you that like, you know, won me over, you'd be like, fuck you, I'm hot. (laughs) Actually, my ex-boyfriend used to say that all the time and I would be like, I'm very pretty. Like, have you not? (laughs) What did he say to you? Is that the ex-boyfriend from the boat or like your actual ex-boyfriend? That's not an ex-boyfriend. That was like a fling. It's hard because everyone only knows that of me. But like, imagine you went on like really one official date with someone and you dated them for like four weeks and you were working most of the time. And that was like all people know of you. Like, it's not something that is like at the forefront of my mind. Right. With the exception of it having been televised for everyone. But Right. No, totally get so it. It's no, not fine. your most meaningful relationship. But I still think that four weeks is long enough to be somewhat of a relationship. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, certainly. But it's just not. It's like a blip on the radar for me. Whereas for everyone else, that's all they know of it. I also want you to describe this other thing that probably most people were very perplexed when they saw it on TV. Do I cringe or do I want to kiss him again? Because I vibed with that as well. I think we, like, it was, I just, like, wasn't quite there yet. I, like, wasn't sure how I felt about him, I think, personality-wise. And if I don't like someone's personality, you know, if they're a goof, like, I don't want to be making out with them. So I just wasn't sure yet. And um, I think men are much more, they get there quicker. Yeah, I feel so for me, it's again, the the familiar face thing. So, you know, when you kiss a new guy and you're not not used to it, there's kind of an icky feeling about it. Like you're not used to it. It's the first kiss. Like you don't know how it's going to be. There's all these expectations and it's kind of gross because it's unfamiliar. So you're like, yeah, do I cringe or do I want to kiss him again? And it's kind of like you need to kiss them over and over again to really work out if you want to kiss them again. Because it's unfamiliar. And the first times, like, it sometimes can be a bit weird. You're just not sure. Like, we were in a club and there was, like, someone else kissing next to us. There was a camera in front of me. Like, don't expect me to be swept off my feet with that. (laughs) What is it really like to kiss someone on camera? Do you start kissing and then you see, like, all the production team, like, rushing towards you and being like, let me get this shot? It's, like, it's hard because they have huge lenses. So they're kind of far away sometimes. It depends, like, when I was on my date. I was visibly uncomfortable because the cameraman, it was just the two of us instead of like the whole group for the first time. And my hair was like wet from the shower. I had no time to get ready. I like, I just was feeling gross. And there was the cameraman directly in front of me, like two feet from me, just the whole day, just like with the camera in my face. And it's a very different feeling when it's staring at you like that. 
Yeah. So let's get into that date because I know you got a lot of hate for it because, you know, you felt a bit icky. You felt yucky. Your hair was not styled the way you like it. You were tired from work and it kind of came across like you were complaining a lot about the date. You were complaining a lot during the date. And, it, you know, a lot of people said that you were standoffish during the date, you know, failing to remember that the date was not a moment between you and him. It's a moment between you, him and a whole production team that's feeling you when you're not feeling slash looking your best. So Mm -hmm. can you give your side of the story a little bit just to set the record straight? Because I'm the school of if you're feeling shitty on a date, tell the guy. You don't need to make that whole entire date about this, but tell the guy because if you're not feeling your best self, you don't want them to think that you've put your best foot forward when you have not. Exactly. And not only that, I wanted to make sure that he was aware that me being maybe less talkative wasn't about him. And there was also like, this was really only the first part of the date and the rest of it did go well. So I was surprised to see him in an interview say that I shouldn't have come on the date because as you can see, like through the rest of the night, were clearly fine and getting along well. So it wasn't really a big thing for either of us. It just took me a while to like, I needed maybe the first sip of my drink to like calm down a little bit and forget that I looked like a slug on camera. But I was just making sure that he knew that it wasn't about him and that I was just tired and not feeling that well. And I was kind of joking about it. And I'm used to being able to do that. Like imagine having a boyfriend that you couldn't come home and say you had like a hard day at work and you were like tired and grumpy. I'm not being grumpy towards him. I'm just feeling like not my best. I once went on a date where I know this, it's not really related to what you're saying, but I went on a date where I kind of picked the wrong top because I picked it last minute and I didn't have time to change. And my top was kind of falling and you could kind of see my bra, which was kind of an embarrassing bra. And I let the person know, the person was like, it's completely fine. And then I forgot about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise he would have made his own assumptions about why you were acting the way that you were or why you felt uncomfortable or whatever. And then, and so there are things that, yeah, it's not great having to admit that you're tired, you have a shitty bra or, you know, you have a bad stomach and you can't have spicy tuna. I don't give a fuck what the excuse is, but sometimes you just need to set the record straight so that the person doesn't walk out feeling like it was a shitty date. And I I also, my dress fell in the toilet, the one that I was going to wear because we have such tiny bathrooms. So I'm like getting ready. My hair is wet. It's steamy. I have like literally 40 minutes after working for three days for like 16 hours a day. I'm just washing myself for the first time and my dress falls right in the toilet. The only thing where I didn't vibe with you was when you were like, he should have told me two business days before, which I agree. I like a guy with a plan. Don't get me wrong. I love a guy with a plan. A guy who doesn't make a plan fucking bugs me. But don't you think that in that situation, it was like, we're co-workers, we work together. Um, I just want to be spontaneous and take you out for a drink. Um, did that I really was absolutely you? kidding. There was no part of that that was serious. Everything that I say, unless I'm talking about something that's actually serious, if it's like death, maybe like dogs or like, I don't know, something that I like, I'm really passionate about. I'm not really passionate about dogs. That makes me sound like a horse girl. I talk in hyperbolic superlatives exclusively. But by the way, why are you joking about the dogs? I am a dog lady and I'm probably going to end up alone with my 500 dogs. Hi there. What's your name? (laughs) His name's Ollie. So cute. My little Luna would love him. He's handsome. So how did you get involved in the whole like below deck thing? Were you always a yachty? Oh, some people get really annoyed. I'm not a yachty like your ex-boyfriend. But um, were you always that? Did you start doing it because of the show? Did the show make you want to do it? How did you start doing this job? So I went to business school in the south of France in Antibes, which is like a huge yachting hub. Um, So that was my summer job maybe four years ago now, three years ago. 
And um, then I moved back home to Vancouver after that. And my friend that introduced me, and that was actually my chief stew at the time when I was in France, is from Vancouver as well. So she was visiting for Christmas and we're like drunk off two bottles of wine. And she knows people that have been, she knows Hannah through, Hannah lived in Antibes for a bit. So she knows Hannah and she was like, you have to go on the show. You'd be perfect for it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're insane. Like, so I kind of applied drunk as a joke. And it was like a Thursday. I had work on Friday. I'm at work, like hungover. And I had sent in, you just literally like type in the website and there's an application there. You have to send in like a video. So I made a video of like, basically a compilation of me like drinking wine in various locations put like a Stevie Wonder song to the background like sent it in and then they called me the next day at work and they were like hey like it's casting is Courtney there I was like no <laughs> no she's no not. with the pound <laughs> you know I was posting a lot about the show on my stories because I hate story that's one of my favorite things to do I mostly post about the things that I hate and not enough about the things that I love and yes it does mean I'm a hater but it also means that I just don't like being vulnerable so I don't want people to know what I actually love and one of the things that I hated was Ashton <laughs> and Kevin I want to know what your opinion on Ashton, because what I saw was quite annoying. Smashton was even worse. Do you feel like he was putting his sexual frustrations onto the crew, onto Riley? Um, do you think that has anything to do with the way he was? I don't know. I find like it's really tricky. I, as you saw probably in the first few episodes, like I got there and I could tell it wasn't really my crowd. So Ashton was one of the people that I pretty much dismissed right off the bat. I didn't get to know him at all. It's hard to get to know the deck crew, especially because you're not working with them. They're outside your inside all day. And then as a person, I just didn't feel like we, you know, connected. So I didn't. Um, there's also so much that I didn't see. Like there was a lot that I saw for the first time when it aired. Like I didn't see the, his fight with Kate. I didn't see the window punching thing. I didn't know why Kate left the boat. I never discussed it with her because she came back to work and I didn't want to bring it up again. I was like, you're back. You clearly had something stressful happen. It's a hard time. I'm just going to move forward with it. If you want to bring it up, do it. But she didn't. So I didn't know about that. Um, I did actually work with Ashton after the show finished, not knowing any of this, basically as someone that I'd spent a few minutes at a time with and not knowing any, you know, you don't hear their interviews. You don't hear what they're saying yeah. in conversations with the other boys. I didn't know about his fight with Kate. Um, and I certainly got along with him well enough. Um, but my issue sort of came as the show aired and I saw more of his behavior. And not only that, but how I saw his reaction to the behavior. Because that's the biggest thing. If you mess up on TV, as like humans tend to do, I, like you just have to own up to it or, you know, at least be willing to accept that you might have done something wrong. But I think all of the men on the show were very defensive about their behavior. And when you start to become defensive, that tells everyone that that behavior is okay. And when there's like one point, however many million viewers, I don't think it's okay to be telling them that that's okay. What, like you said that you were actually kind of getting on with Riley and that you really liked her. Do you feel like his image of her was kind of wrong? Again, hard because I'm not outside. So all I see of it is what you see and that can be edited. Um, they definitely don't vibe as people. I know that for absolute certain. And she does not take any bullshit, which I love about her. He probably doses it out in a level that some people might find palpable. And Riley's just like, absolutely fucking not. Right. <laughs> which I love to watch, but I can see how it 
could be kind of difficult to be around mm-hmm. like for but for she's weeks. actually to be honest she's obviously another one that I didn't really get to know until after filming because again she's on the deck and I I don't know we maybe just didn't vibe that well right off the bat I think we probably misinterpreted each other a little bit um and then I sat down with her when we were in LA for interviews and we were just like having a drink over dinner and I was like I like her like there was nothing that I like just yeah. completely opposite of what I expected and she's also very kind and hilarious and like very caring and you don't really see those qualities on the show and you didn't have to deal with her like professional persona which obviously as we can see kind of has a chip on the shoulder when it comes to her professional like professionalism and we kind of had this discussion with Hannah Hannah from Below Deck Med where like obviously professional Hannah is like a savage bitch but like actual Hannah is really sweet and I think that people get the two mistaken sometimes and when they bring their own personal shit to the workplace that's when they just become sucky in my opinion which is why I really didn't like watching Kevin he really bugged me I'm really sorry I can see no I can see that he is an epic chef like out of all the chefs you don't think he's an epic chef oh my gosh oh yeah because of the the um fruit seafood extravaganza (laughs) tell me why okay yeah so why is he not a good chef from what I could see I couldn't taste the food but tell me what you thought about his chef skills I don't I don't think he's a bad chef I think he did he worked really hard he made really great crew meals. Um, he definitely let his emotions get in the way a little bit, which happens. You're living at work, but that's something you have to learn to process when you're working with a ton of people and you're projecting that onto them because that makes my job harder. Yeah. Um, but I, maybe I just have, I don't know, I eat out a lot. Like I love food. So I think maybe I just had different expectations. Right. I mean, it, the food looked good, but he just really bugged me as a human. I thought he was a narcissist, got too emotional with his work, which I completely get. Like cooking comes from the heart. Everything comes from the heart. Like I'm a podcast host. I'm a host. I'm a producer. And like my work is my creation. And like people don't fucking like it. Like I don't give a shit. I mean, I guess I do, but not not in the way that he gives a shit and not in the way that he makes a big deal out of everything. I just think he needs to take a chill pill. Yeah. But honestly, like Kevin is probably the guy on board that I got along with the best and you don't really see that. And I think Kate would probably agree as well that they actually got along really well for the most part. And I, again, wasn't aware because of how their rapport was for the most part that he didn't like her either. So it was like confusing to me to see that switch. And then I would watch it back and see some things that he did or said. And I would just be like, you know, when someone that you feel like, it's outside of their personality to be acting that way or saying that. And it, I think it might be kind of like, I don't know what it comes from. Right. So I, I, their professional but, relationship was more rocky than their actual personal relationship is what yeah. you're trying to say. And sometimes he would just say things that felt out of character. And I think he would, usually he was the one that was most receptive to hearing that because anytime he did something shitty, I was the first one I'd be like, Kevin, like right. you're absolutely joking. He's like, I was wrong. Wasn't I? I was like, yeah, you were. And when you do that, it's a lot more palatable. But I feel like out of all the guys that were working on the boat, he was the one that was, you know, apologizing when he thought he did something wrong, which I appreciated. Like I did appreciate that about him. His attitude really put me off, but the fact that he went and apologized to people, I appreciated. Mm -hmm. So he's not, the the way he works just bugs me. Um, I have a message for Riley, by the way. How do you say fuck off in Thailand? Fuck off. (laughs) 
I just wanted to put that that. out there. You can send her that (laughs) clip. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I just felt the need to put that in there because that was one of the things that I was like, okay. You should have Riley on. Put me in touch. I will. (laughs) If you want. So I've been hate Instagram storying, as I was saying. And a lot of people were asking me, what were your thoughts on the way Kate was treating Simone? So a lot of people seem to think that behind the scenes, um, Kate just did not like Simone and wasn't really fair towards her and maybe because she had a closer personal relationship with you how did you feel about Kate coming up to you and bitching about Simone to you this is a tricky one because there's a lot that you don't see um like I think that Kate was nice to Simone and I think certainly off the bat gave her plenty of opportunity to do the job the problem with Simone is that she just didn't take initiative, which is like the number one. That's really all the job job is, is especially when you have Kate, she has a hundred different balls in the court and she has to be able to hand you one and know that you're going to do it a, or have you just take one from her and have it be done without, you know, needing that leadership from her because she's busy. Right. And Simone wasn't able to, she needed more leadership. So Simone wasn't able to take constructive criticism. She needed to be carried through the process. And that's not Kate's um, teaching method. Kate is the person that's going to tell you everything that's wrong so that you can go and make it right yourself. I mean, I, I think that she did spend a lot of time teaching, but I think the misconception from maybe Simone's part was that Kate was also teaching me and I just didn't need that. I, I like, could take things and run with them. Kate could leave things with me and know that they were going to get done. And that's like a lot of stress off her because she has a, a lot of things going on. So she needs to know that the person she's trusting the task with can do them without her being around. Right. And as someone who worked with Simone, I didn't get that either. And not to say it's fair, like maybe Simone has had less opportunities than I have. But when you're on charter and there's guests paying for it, like what can you do? Yeah, it's not school. You need to like get the job done right. It's not like yeah. you're not in school. You don't, there's no room for mistakes. So if she's just good at something, she's going to obviously, maybe she like just kicked herself in the, in the foot a little bit when she said, I love doing laundry. And so Kate was like, done deal. You know how to do laundry. That's it. And then Kate was actually, I felt that Kate was actually trying to go out of her way to make her do more stuff and diversify her skills, but she just didn't come through. I personally thought that the way Kate approached things, which she does with everyone, not just with Simone, is abrasive, but I love that about her. I love her one-liners. I think she's fucking hilarious. I I think Kate is amazing, but um, a lot of people were asking me that on the DM. So I just thought, you know, I would include some of the savage DMers because my favorite (laughs) thing is talk about these shows over DM on Instagram. Um, So, but did you think that Simone was just not the best um, stew? Like, can you confidently say that she's not the best stew? I just think our skill sets were very different. And I, I don't know if that was showcased as much. I think most people got that understanding, but maybe from Simone's perspective, she didn't have the understanding of just how much of a disparity there was between our skill sets yeah. on board. And that's love, maybe why she felt like she wasn't treated fairly. I love the media trained response. I love the <laughs> diplomatic response. Do you know what? As a podcast interviewer, I can tell when I'm getting a genuine response and when I'm getting a media trained response. That I haven't had media training. It's just, I'm just doing my own personal PR. I'm really great at it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I appreciate your PR skills. You maybe, you know what? Maybe you should go into PR then. You'd make money. <laughs> you don't have to like make people cocktails anymore. Um, Sometimes I see like people doing actual PR from Bravo and I'm like, you need to call me. You need, <laughs> you need to run this by me first. <laughs> Some people's PR. I mean, can we talk about the Stasi interview? I haven't watched it. I've only seen clips, but I, and Kate told me about it. And I don't think it was that good. I, I wanted to see more. And then I think it's come out in the news that she said that she was unprepared for this interview that was obviously very prepared. Can I just say, Ugh, right? How? She's had so much time and it's like, you shouldn't have to prepare. If you're trying to tell someone that that's not who you are, you don't have to prepare for that. Yeah. I feel like maybe she felt um, overwhelmed. She is pregnant. She's hormonal, I guess. But I maybe I'm just so used to the like podcasting format, which is so in-depth and we can get such good r- responses to everything and so much information. And this was like the live TV format. And I was like, and I just needed more from this interview, especially for such a, a big issue that happened in America and in the Bravo world as well, um, consequently. Yeah. But do you, do you know what I mean? I just was not that happy about it. Um, let's go back into like your little relationship things because I feel like I've covered most of the questions I had about Below Deck, but I haven't covered enough about... Wait, what's his name again? can't remember his name. Brian. Sorry. These names are all forgettable because to me, they're all just like, you know, blonde and muscles and they have a name like Brian and Ryan and Eddie and like just very... Uh, not American. <laughs> Courtney, Ashley, Katie, like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people gave you shit for a lot of the things that went down, especially with a specific text and you getting Kate involved. So I'm going to full disclosure, I haven't watched all of this, but you caught me up on it because I'm a shitty podcaster and I don't do all my homework and like sue me, hate me, kill me. I don't know. I kind of want to discuss it because it's something that seems to be happening a lot on, on the boats, but in the real dating world as well, where guys message girls and they're like, so I really liked you. I really enjoyed this but like this ain't serious type of thing so can you mm-hmm. tell me a little bit of your side of the story when it comes to what happened there I don't really my only issue was that like I get that it becomes convoluted when you're living and working with someone and you're also at work but that's where you live like it, the boundaries can get blurred a little bit but like it's very obvious that we're like on the first day of a charter Uh, Like I had four minutes left in my break. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, just finishing my hair, like about to leave my break. And then I was like, what's up? And then he texts me that. And I was like, can you, can you not? (laughs) What were you more upset about? What he said in the text, the timing or the fact that it was a text? I was just upset about the timing and the fact that it was a text. I was like, why are we doing this? And there was like two weeks left in our season So I was like, why are we talking about this now? Like, I never really expressed a desire either way. And it was so, the relationship was so new that there wasn't a, like, I know in some seasons of Below Deck, they like leave together, like on current med season, they're already saying I love you. But I think it's pretty obvious from the, just of who I am as a person that like, that's not going to be me. Like, I already had a flight booked. I'm flying to Australia after Thailand, like. I'm assuming he's going to South Africa. He has a daughter. Like, we're just not there. So I was like, I just assumed we would, like, leave the boat. And maybe if we wanted to meet up another time, like, there we have cell phones. Like, we have FaceTime. If you wanted to connect with me, we'd do that. And maybe some other time we'd connect. But it just wasn't – I was just like, why are we doing this, like, two weeks before while I'm on charter? 
Is there a part of you that was like a little butt hurt about him saying it, never seeing it as something that could potentially be serious if you just went along with it and enjoyed the process? That's mm-hmm. what kind of would upset me. Is that something that kind of upset you too or not at all? Don't don't lie. No, I do. I, I do like what you said there. Like, I think I also, I just found it like a bit odd. I, it's not something I do. I am very like go with the flow and we were still like flowing in my opinion. And maybe that ends at some point, but I wasn't really, I just wasn't that bothered about it. And he sort of made it seem in a way like I had been expressing these like intentions for it to be something really big. And like, he was like, well, like, you know, I don't introduce people to my daughter, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure she is. But like was acting as if I all of a sudden it was going to be this very serious relationship. And I was like, we're, we're still on step one, that's step 25. I think where the disconnect is, if I may inject my opinion, is that, you know, as women, you know, we are more emotional. So we have a more maternal loving response to anything. But does it mean that we think that we look at a guy and ka-ching, this guy is my future husband? No, it just means that in the process, we're just generally more loving creatures. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I think that's where the disconnect is. So then you have a guy that comes up to you and is like, by the way, stop this ain't serious, bitch. And you're like, why did you have to point it out? Because it's kind of disheartening and it kind of takes away from the enjoyment of the process and just seeing where it goes. If it doesn't Mm -hmm. go anywhere, we'll be fucking fine, my friend. We were fine before you. We'll be fine after you. Relax. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what I wanted to... Yeah. I like, I think I had like a pretty normal reaction to it. Like I wasn't visibly upset. I... I was just like, that was kind of a weird text. And I sort of questions, questioned him about it. I was like, why are we doing this now? Like, I'm a little confused. And then he just went, he found out I told Kate and he did like a full, he, things were not okay. And then I was like, can, like he was at saying I couldn't talk to my friends about it. And I was like, we're not doing this because I can talk to whoever I want about it. You can go and get support from your, you can talk to whoever the fuck you want. He's not going to tell you who you can talk to. I know. And then like, the which nerve. is it? Like, are we serious? And can I not talk about it? Or are we not serious? And I can talk about it because you're trying to say, have control over who I talk to when we're just having fun. You can't yeah. have control if we're not having fun. But <laughs> a, a lot of guys do this. I feel like a lot of guys want the control and they want the freedom at the same time. And it's yeah. like, you can't have both. And this is not us like trying to trap them and like, you know, manipulate them into being in a relationship with us. I don't want to be in a fucking relationship with every guy I I date, but it's like, you can't have control and freedom. It was very new to me too. I haven't dated really anyone with that sort of energy before. So I approached it. Like I I, I was like very surprised by it. And I would react to it as if he didn't know he was doing it sort of I would be like oh like no no like this and then he would be like very angry about that and I was like oh oh you think that's how it's supposed to be (laughs) I have no hope I feel you I'm hopeless I want to ask you a question and I need you to give me a really honest answer and please don't be your own PR okay I'll try I can't remove it I know can you can we try and switch off the PR you know, PR Courtney for a minute. Okay. The whole drama with Malia and Hannah on Below Deck Med. I know that you watch and you're very invested in some of the Bravo shows. If you were in Malia's shoes, would you have snitched? 
No, I don't know anyone who would. I found that so strange. I, I just found the whole thing completely perplexing. Like I travel with anxiety medication because I don't like to be awake on flights. So I like to knock myself out, have a glass Same. of wine. It's on my person, on the boat. I don't take it. Maybe if I was feeling anxious, I would. I probably took one after my text with Brian. I didn't tell anyone. But no I feel like it was the weed me. vape. It was the weed vape that she was talking about. Because that's legal in America, but I don't think it's legal in Europe. Yeah, but it was really... Um, that's fair enough. If there was a weed pen that had THC in it, that's not legal. And I think that Sandy should have, and Malia should have focused on that. I think that Malia should have gone to Hannah and said like, hey, this is a problem. I want you to either like get rid of it or talk to Sandy about it or, or something because I don't feel comfortable having it on board. But they sort of pivoted from that, which was a totally valid concern. And they made it about her anxiety medication and her mental health. And I was like, now no one's on your team because even if you did have valid points, like nobody cares because you're like really blowing it here with the mental health talk. I thought it was the cheapest move I've ever seen on reality TV before. And she went in at Sandy's thing, like such a hero, like fuck off. We get it. You're a girl. You have a job. You're professional. You're fucking bitch. I really don't like Malia. So I reposted Malia's photo, newly single, like shout out to all the girls who were 30 and single and who don't give a fuck. And Courtney's DM to me was, she is literally me at 14 updating my MSN status to a cryptic song lyric to get the attention of a boy who wronged me. It's true. (laughs) She's me subtweeting when I was in my like early 20s. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think she's maybe in her 30s, but the like the public aspect of it I was like I don't know if she wanted to make it a thing just so but if I wanted to tell the world that like my boyfriend and I broke up I would simply tell them I wouldn't be like fingering a video of Beyonce saying this is for you yeah and did you see today I just saw on reddit today that Sandy said she thought she was a lesbian okay this has been living rent-free in my brain for two days I never say that about anything that blew my mind What do you mean? That Sandy just did a cameo and outed her. Yeah. Like incorrectly. Was it in a cameo? What did she say? Did you watch the video? It was in a cameo to someone. And I don't know how it came up. So I'm like, okay, maybe if it's an Instagram live and you accidentally spill the beans. This is a cameo that people pay for. This is a cameo that people pay for. But you take the video and then you press send. So that was a conscious decision to, like, she acts like she slipped up and said that. But when you do that, you delete the video and you make a new one. You don't send it to the person. Courtney, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm so glad that people could hear your side of the story. I really feel like I got a little bit more emotion out of you. I feel like I got many different facial expressions. I got so many different tones of voice. No, I really feel like I got it out of you. I'm really proud of myself and proud of you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Share your socials with everyone. Um, I'm nowhere in particular. Instagram, Twitter, at Courtney Skipon. That's it.